Hello and welcome to Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you, Chris? I'm good. I'm shocked by that energetic intro there. You sound like <laughs> Why you sound is like that? in because you sound like a 90s talk show host on radio. But uh, no, that was very impressive. But uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. I was trying um, to be just a little bit musical with it because where I went up to and where I went down to, it was pretty close to an octave, I think. Oh, uh, it was super impressive. That yes. was the best intro I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. How are you doing? I am alive and kicking. It's good. starting to get a little chilly out. Yeah, here yeah. too. Yeah. But a different yeah, kind boy, of You got like then. a nippy 72 or something. We got snow <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Piss off. Yeah, no, no snow on the ground. We're, we're kind of, or I say we as a collective, like yes. I can speak for everybody. But I am, um, I'm happy that weather is actually cooled off a little bit here in, in LA. And it's, uh, and, you know, if you're listening to anywhere else in the world, you're probably going, fuck off. But, um, <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, so it's nice. It, it, I mean, it, it, you can only get so many days in the high nineties and or triple digits, and it gets a old. little bit weary after. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. old real fast. Mm. But that's why I'm, you know, I'm I'm rocking my studio tan here. If you if you're watching the, <laughs> the YouTube feed, or you see, I'm I'm a nicely nice eggshell white. There you, <laughs> yes, but that's yeah. kind of your Swedish self, isn't it? Yeah, I. Uh, I did not win the genetic lottery when it comes to being able to tan. I, I'm half English and half Swedish, so <laughs> yeah, I get, for I, you. yeah, I get pink and then I, I flake off, and it's yeah, it's not good. I will never be <laughs> known as like, oh, did you see Chris? He was nicely bronzed. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, so anybody out there like to do some bronzing for Chris? Yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you a medal for it. There you go. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you're not, well, you're not going to get any skiing soon, are you? Well, the, I don't really want to delve too far into this, but they plan on opening on like, I think November 20th. That's yeah. the plan. Provided oh, cool. they actually get snow and it's cold and the whole deal. So we'll see. It's very close, very close to ski season at this point for this particular but, podcast. Very cool. Well, yeah. I guess that... That's the that's the weather and skiing segment of the podcast. Done, right? <laughs> you know, but here I've, I've got a quick way to segue into this. So Ooh, with skiing I, I early on, uh -huh. skiing early on in the season, especially where I'm at, they make man-made snow. Yes. In order to be able to open and call themselves a ski resort at a certain time of year, and that man-made snow is not really the same as the stuff that falls out of the sky and layers up upon itself and. It can be very soft sure. and forgiving, whereas the man-made stuff is usually a little bit icy, and it's usually they grind it up into little balls, and it's not quite – it's like skiing on beanbags or beans from beanbags. And some people might actually equate that to what an emulation might be in an EQ instead of actually having the actual hardware unit that is the stuff that falls from the sky like magic – you have this emulation of an EQ and that's like your mad main version. That's like not quite as good, so to speak. And, and that's our segue. The and I stick the landing right there. <laughs> so we, today's episode, we are talking about hardware 
and digital EQs, and not so much hardware EQs, but digital recreations, the emulations of these fantastic hardware pieces of gear versus straight up just digital EQs that are not meant to be emulating anything else. Very cool. Yes, that is indeed what we're talking about. Was yeah. that kind of smooth? I don't know if I made that really well. <laughs> it, uh, but Well, it, it was way smoother than I would have been able to, to segue from skiing into that. So nicely done. Nicely that, was, done. that was my improvisational skills right there. You know, you could have gone with like slopes and that kind of tie in as well. But mm. uh, Missed there it. you go. Damn yeah, it. well, here to well, we'll start over now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. well, let's kick it off. Yeah, <coughs> so when we're let's start with the emulations, I guess. What, yeah, what, uh, let's get on that chairlift and go. Sure. What um, do you have any favorite emulations that you like to use all the time? As in a particular piece of hardware gear, or as in a particular manufacturer that makes emulations? Um. Well, I, I know the answer to the second one. That would <laughs> obviously be Universal Audio. But uh, no, but, but any kind of, any particular sort of emulation that you like to go to, do you usually reach for like, uh, and I know, yeah, it's program dependent, but do you Chair. like to go for a, a Poltec style, like an SSL style or, or, you know, somewhere in between? But do you have anything that you like to grab? Uh, like your first go-to kind of EQ when it comes to that. So the EQ emulation that I'm first to like pull up and say, yes, this is it. More often than not, it will be a Poltec. More often than not. No questions y asked. Yep. Yeah. 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 And what do you do by that? Why, why a Poltec? I think it has more to do with its simplicity. Yeah. In its interface, because generally speaking, it has three groupings, unless you have yeah. the, the mid EQ version of it as right. well, that adds two, mm -hmm. three more and makes it six. But, uh, the original Pultec had three things. It had the highs, it had the lows, and it had a broad range for mids. Mm -hmm. And then when they added the MEQ, that yeah, added more more mid-range more mid-range yeah. uh, controllability for three mm -hmm. separate functions on the mid-range as well right. so more often than not i'm following into the poltec as a general eq that i'm using okay yeah so, so that that would be my answer right there right the, the poltec okay yep I, I i can live with that i i like the poltec i don't use them strictly um Poltex as much. One that I reach for a lot is um, it's a hybrid um, emulation of a lot of different things, and it's the uh, Slate um, Custom Series EQ. Okay, and what is it emulating multiple things of? Uh, different curves, different frequency bands. It emulates different um, aspects of certain EQs. Now there are, the, the, yeah, I know the uh, the highs and the lows, I tend to be similar to a Poltec kind of curve, but it also is, is dependent on, you know, the mids and stuff are, are not Poltecs. It, it hasn't been completely open with what they're emulating in there, nor <laughs> the- uh, See, you have no idea. Uh, I have educated guesses, but I don't have, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say for certain, only, only Mr. Slate. Slate and Fabrice Gabriel could tell you that, or probably anybody else that works for, for Slate. But, um, but do you think they that, do that for licensing reasons? 
Uh, possibly. Since they, you know, if they don't tell you what it is and they're not telling you any specific thing that they're actually emulating, there's no license to be paid for that. That's very possible. It's very possible. Or maybe it's just, you know, you end up with a list of like 10 EQs that it's emulating <laughs> at certain <laughs> stages, you know. So it's like, well, this is the uh, this is the Poltec SSL Neve EQ, you know. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> but but I, I don't know. I can't answer that. Okay. I, I, I'm not privy to that information. So, well, do you want like uh, my other, like maybe round yeah, out like, like a top five on the other sure, EQs that I Sure, give the top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so three of them. Three of my uh -huh. top five. So we already have the top one that I tend to pull up the most is the Poltec. The, the Poltec. second, yep. mm -hmm. third, and fourth are Neve EQs. The 1073, mm -hmm. the 1081, okay. and the 88RS. Okay. Those are the next three that are like make up my top four. And then my fifth one ends up being the SSL. And I guess you could lump the E and the, is it the, the, e? E, and the G, e and the G series into that lump yeah. of that number five so uh -huh. those that rounds out my top five of oh no 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 actually <laughs> I'll, I'll pull this out so take that back scratch that number five is actually the helios okay eq and number six is the ssl e and g eqs yeah. uh, i'll just lump them together as six and it's not like there's any particular order it's just those are the ones that I, those are the six that I use the absolute most. Yeah. Be, and that has a lot to do with like, what instrument am I using it on? What part of the recording or mixing chain am I in kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads to a question that we should bring up later, but I think it's a good time to do it. Mm. Um, because you're bringing up these, types of, of emulations that you'd like to pull from your first call kind of EQ type of a thing. Yes. Um, why are you choosing those? Is it for the particular um, aspects that they are imparting on your sound? Or is it that you, you're just comfortable using these and that's why you're using those? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Combination of both. Combination of both. Uh, certain EQs impart certain vibe. To yeah, certain characteristics. Certain yeah. characteristics. So in that regard, as we tend to say of like, hey, cheers, let's do a shot of whatever it is we're drinking. Uh, program dependent is heavily a factor. Yeah. The, the next factor becomes instrument dependent. So a lot of the time when I'm using, say, the Helios. Mm-hmm. 98% of the time, probably that's on guitars because it just has this really cool way it deals with guitars. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you find, I, I don't have the Helios. I, I'm not a universal guy, but. It's um, a three, it's a three section EQ as well. It has a low section, one mid section and a high section. Yeah. And it's pretty simplistic. The low section, you're either cutting at 50 dB uh, at 50 Hertz X amount of dB from three up to about, I think, 15 dB on a, like a So it's in a step? Yeah, it's in uh -huh. steps and it's based on their dB steps at 50 
hertz. And then if you actually want to boost at 50 dB, it actually gives you a different choice of where you're boosting and the knob. You mean boosting at 50 hertz? Yeah. Well, actually, I think it changes the frequency range of where you're boosting. And then there's a second knob that actually controls how much you're boosting in dB value. So it can either right. operate as a single knob that's reducing at 50, or you can change the frequency as you go up, and then it has a second knob for the, the volume level. For, for this, yeah, okay. So it's a little bit funky in that regard. And then the midsection is either a peak or a trough. It's, it's one or the other. You get one choice. Mm-hmm. And then you can choose the frequency that it's either boosting or reducing, and then the amount of uh, dB that it's doing it. And then the... Uh, the high end is set at 10K and has steps of like 2B, 2, 2DB at a time. And and that's it. That's all you got. Yep. And okay. it, it just has a really cool vibe for guitars. Nice. 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 Yeah. 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 That's, is, that's, is that from uh, – that? that's not the Kramer stuff. No, because the, the Kramer stuff is – I mean, I know he – I think he liked the Helios, but, but – uh, but these are these are separate. These are not. Yeah, because I think that I'm thinking about the waves versions of those, right? Where they have the no. Eddie this Kramer is a universal version, audio. It's universal yeah, so, audio. So and his name is not associated with this at all. No, right? and it, yeah. it's based off the Helios console. Right. So yeah. No, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. I so there the it is. That's as simple. Waves, yeah, simple of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, uh, there's other. You know, occasionally I'll pull out a waves vintage yeah. EQ. Um, once in a while, pull out the Logic Vintage EQ, right? Because they have a few choices of of various EQs in there as well. Mm-hmm. They have a Poltec rendition. They have a couple of others, and then even more on the rarity side of like, because going to the Waves, the Logic, and the and and this other one I'm about to mention is when I just want to try something different. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you just want to throw caution to the wind, so to speak, and you just throw in something different. And Isotope also makes a vintage EQ as well. So that's my other, not necessarily go-to, go-to, but it is something that I do throw on once in a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're just like we've talked about compressors and things when we've been doing, you know, the deep dives into the LA-2A or the 1176 and like past episodes. There's... Uh, so many manufacturers are making a lot of versions of these, like SSL EQs and yeah. the Neve EQs and all this kind of thing. And it's, um, I, I think, just like with the compressors and everything, it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're starting with this and just assuming that because you're using, oh, this is a Neve EQ, that it, it's somehow just instinctively better. Well, right? but there's 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 certain elements to that that are kind of correct. And I actually had a discussion with another producer friend of mine who emailed me about the universal audio system because he was downsizing mm-hmm. and he wanted to know more about it. And he was telling me of a conversation that he got into with someone else on the internet, as you can <laughs> tend to do once in a while. And what? <laughs> wait, wait, arguing with strangers on the internet? Yeah, no. to Is an that extent. a thing? Yeah. And so he was he was asking about the concept of using these emulations and whether or not it makes such a huge difference. And I said, there is a point of reference to, it does have its thing that it does. And Absolutely, yeah. The other thing that happens is that 
his response was, if you can't make something sound good with just one of these good things, mm-hmm. you have a problem. And I think he's right in that regard, because it doesn't matter if I use the Helios or if I use the Neve or if I use the SSL. And I would say the same probably of your technical skills. It wouldn't matter if you're using the Helios, yeah. the Neve or the SSL or any other emulation in that you have enough wherewithal with how well you work yeah. that you can get a really good sound out of whatever it is that you're using. And that just comes from experience, pure yeah. and simple. But right. you know, when you're getting into the concept of like the different vibes that these things can impart, yes, there is that. They do have their own distinct values, but that doesn't mean that something's going to necessarily be technically better because it went through an SSL as opposed to a Neve or better because it went through the Helios instead of the Pultec. So. Yeah, no, that I think that's very, very well put. And that's kind of like the point I was trying to get out there where just because you use uh, an emulation EQ doesn't necessarily make your skill level jump 10 <laughs> 10 <laughs> measurement units, right? You uh, don't suddenly it, it, level up to 100 from 10. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that's um I think that's important to remember, especially when yes, we we're not comfortable with these concepts. Like a couple of episodes ago we talked about the basics of EQ, uh-huh. right? And if you're not comfortable using an EQ just a regular stock EQ that comes in your DAW, you may not appreciate the differences of the emulations that are available. Uh, So it's easy to fool ourselves. And I think the same thing goes with when we're talking about um, compression and things like that as well. Um, If we're not comfortable with the basics of how a compressor, or in this case, an EQ functions and how you use it, the nuances that something else is going to impart is... I don't want to say lost on you, but I'm going to say that anyway, lost on you. <laughs> um, it's always lost on me. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I just turn knobs and hope for the best, right? Yeah. That's the best um, way to go about it, isn't it? Uh... But, but, that, but that's a, I think that's an important distinction because it is very, very easy to get um, seduced by something. Now, But of course. All, but all that being said, um, they they do like you mentioned they do impart something they do behave differently and if you can get the result that you want faster using an emulation of a neve or an ssl or a poltec or a helios or whatever it happens to be then by all means use that but it doesn't mean that that's the that's the tool that always sets you over the top or puts your mixes to a different level. Well, it does but, for me, damn it. <laughs> for, well, for you, obviously, but we all strive to be like that. <laughs> um, but but uh, it's um, I don't know. I I think again when you you can read and this is you know the the worst part ever in a lot of cases is like internet forums when you're talking about gear. Yeah. Right. Um, there can be a lot of misinformation and people like to feel like they know everything. So, oh, unless you're using this emulation, your mixes are shit. Well, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing this podcast? We're spreading this information, right? No. 
<laughs> no, I'd like to think not. Uh, I'm sure some people would would argue with that, but that's the least our goal, yeah. you know, to, to um, wade through some of that. So, wade. Um, get your wade. waders on. <laughs> yep. The bullshit's going to get thick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, but I mean, I, I'm a big fan of these as well and uh, of the emulations, I should say. I, I, I'm not a universal guy, but I use the, the custom EQ and the slate. I use the, um, the SSL a lot. I use. So, okay. Uh, so because I'm not as versed with the slate as you are being that you yeah. use it day in and day yep. out. Yes. You say that they have this custom EQ that I uh, apparently emulates several different vintage yeah, behaves, hardware EQs. Yeah. You're also saying they have specific ones that are specific emulations. Yes. Okay. Yes. Rattle yeah. those so, off for us. Um, or can you? Which ones am I going to miss? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to go. Well, sorry, there's Steve. The Neve. <laughs> yeah, no, there's this. There's the uh, the Neve. Mm -hmm. um, there is an SSL. Uh, there is the the custom series, like I mentioned there, that has two flavors. There's there's one that's like a four band. Um, and there's one that just has, you know, super simple, where it's just a low end and a high end, and that's that. It's just it's called the lift. Um, but is it a vintage something? It's is again, it an emulation of something? Uh, it's an emulation of several things that again, just like the custom series EQ, it's not specific to this. But but you have two different flavors on how the um, the high shelf and the low shelf. Are reacting, okay, and it's basically how aggressive or how gentle the slope is at the frequency of the shelf. Um, there's those. There's an API, and the API has the additional functionality of, um, which is like kind of like the Helios, like you mentioned before, where it is. It's a stepped EQ, right? So you have. These and these frequencies, and I, I don't have them memorized, and I don't have it in front of me, but it's a step, right? So you go up to, let's say you got 400, and then you got 600, and then it's eight or whatever in the mids, right? And then you got your, your DB knob. Um, that's how the API works, right? There's no steps. Uh, with this emulation, there is, you just hold down a modifier key, and you can actually sweep that as well. Oh, so that, nice. that's something, it, yeah, so there is the emulation, but this that, added functionality to it. So there's the API there as well. So um, what did I say? The SSL, the Neve, the API, and these custom EQs there as well. So sure. I, I yep. use, and depending on, you know, depending on the project or, or content <laughs> dependent, I, it, it would be, it would depends on what, what I'm trying to use or what I, I would reach for. But um, sure. my, now I should say that the custom series EQ is something that, I add, it's not a problem-solving EQ. It, it's it's a sweetening EQ. It's to make something sound better. Gotcha. Right? Uh, so, that well, that that's the way I use it anyway. Sure. Um, but if I have to do some, some cutting or solving problems, getting rid of, of, you know, annoying frequencies or whatever it happens to be, I, my first go-to is either actually the, the Logic EQ, which I think is really, really good, uh, which we'll talk more about in a second here with the stock plugins. But if I'm using the Slate Rack, I will go with an SSL where I can control the, 
the queue width of, of the signal so, so sure. that I don't have to do a boost or, or uh, a wide cut if there's something I need to cut out. So, right, right, right. So those are the ones that I like. Um, but like you mentioned, uh, I like having all these tools. I, I like, um, I actually like the Waves Neve plugins, which are not called Neve. They're just called the, the Vintage Series <laughs> for, for <laughs> right. licensing for, issues, for right? Like, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, where the it's the 1073 and the 1081 I think that are in there as well and sometimes they just do they do the job I find that the Neve EQs um, are very by design of course they're very aggressive yeah so you you can just boost a little bit or cut a little bit and it it's not like ooh did I really hear a difference that yeah you'll hear it you know <laughs> so it, 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 in a very rare case would um, you you boost or or at least me you, you if you're if you're boosting like five dB or more it might be the wrong source audio you know <laughs> well, but um, uh, you, uh, I'm painting I'll, with very yeah. broad strokes yeah here. they're yeah. very broad strokes because I can I can yeah. think of a mix that I was working on uh, last week. Where yeah. it was recorded back in the late '90s, and before audio was even invented. Yeah, yeah. before audio was yeah. even invented, they had already recorded it in this <laughs> digital format that had yeah. issues, and they didn't record it extremely well. And I had to do a very radical EQ on the bass mm -hmm. track in order to get the bass to sit better and sound cor not necessarily correct, but just sit better yeah. in the track and not be muddy and. Meh. Yeah, so, and it required a very radical EQ. So, well, so, uh, yeah, sometimes you, you have to do it, and I think we mentioned this briefly um, in the uh, general EQ podcast. But if you come up against one of those cases, don't be afraid of EQ. Like, yeah. if you have to boost or cut by you know fifteen dB, then, then do it. Nobody's going to listen to it in isolation. So whatever, <laughs> tell you you were so wrong to do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of digital recording and digital stuff, we should just about transition right here after a word from our sponsor. And we're back. We're going to shift gears away from the hardware emulations and start talking about digital EQs. Yes, let's do that. Let's do it. So when I'm thinking digital EQ, I'm thinking, now, of course, these are all digital EQs, <laughs> right? but, but, but they're not um, But it was very specific. It's not emulating something specific is what you're trying yeah. to get at. So I tend to think of these more as sort of crispy, clean EQs. They're not going to impart anything more than what you're telling them to do. Sure. Uh, there's no necessarily magic. Oh, we're going to add more harmonics here if I boost 5K or whatever happens to be. It's just going to boost 5K. And um, like we said at the top of, of the episode, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And sometimes for me, I, I think when, um, when you're problem solving, if there's an issue with, with, um, with the audio, ringing, rumble in the low end, whatever happens to be, that might be the way to go. And like you implied, if you were to do a mix and 
your hands were tied behind your back and you had to use just just the Logic stock plugins, you'd make a fine mix. You know, it, it's not like it would be night and day. Don't you break would, my arm trying to pat it on the back. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll reach through the screen here. I'll, 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 I'll pat you on your back, Jody. <laughs> but 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 the idea there is that you know you, you know your your EQs well enough that I would um, hope so. Well, that's the goal, I would think, right? You know, if you if you use them, you'll be fine. I mean, they're they're. Um, Do you know the analogy that I would make? What's that? Is that we work on a, I guess what would be considered a professional level DAW, mm -hmm. and most of the DAWs that I tend to use are considered the quote unquote pro level DAW, whether it's Logic or Pro Tools or. Insert favorite DAW here. Luna, right? yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. your favorite DAW is. Now, there are other DAWs that are not quite that strong or or as feature rich, and one of them is the kind of like the baby brother to Logic would be GarageBand. Right. However, that being said, based on having enough experience with working with enough gear. I would think that you or someone else of at least our level or higher could work in GarageBand and still turn out a very, very nice sounding recording that would sound very professional. It's not like Baby Brother Dawes can't do it. It's a matter of experience. So GarageBand, as the example, has stock plugins that do EQ. And those yeah. EQs are very capable yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's what uh, you're trying to get at. Is that the stock the stock EQs that come with your DAW are not technically bad EQs. They do what they do, and if you know what you're using and how to use it, and you can hear that stuff, yeah, you will do a decent job with it. It's not like they break the bank on you. Right. No, the, I would recommend anybody when they say, oh, "Well, they they get their first DAW and they get, oh, I've just bought Logic. What other what plugins should I get?" None. It, right. <laughs> and my my first question is always that. Well, how well do you know? What, well, what what do you feel like the Logic plugins aren't doing for you? What are you missing? Yes. And uh, I think we have it on our list of, of episodes to do here eventually to do an episode about the want and need of the want and need uh, of things uh, yes. gear acquisition um but it's very very easy to fall into that trap and it's you know i'm as guilty of it as the next guy but when you see like a sexy piece of software it looks like ooh, look at that it looks exactly like the first time i saw the <laughs> ssl console in like in like reason mm. when they did that it was like Oh my God, that looks so cool. I gotta have it. Yeah. You or know what the first time. Yeah, go ahead. That might be what we should maybe term as GDS. Okay. Oh, I've stumped him. I've stumped him. No, because I. Gear well, derangement syndrome. Because uh, I, I, I know it as GAS, gear acquisition syndrome. Well, that's a different syndrome. Okay. Gear derangement syndrome. Uh, syndrome, <laughs> gear derangement syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be what I would call that because you can get away with doing real nice recordings with the stock plugins. Yeah. So it's not that you technically need any of these other things, right? From third party companies, most of the time right. with your DAWs, but they're fun to have. But 
to be delusional about certain things between what certain EQs can do, well, that's GDS, not GAS. Good. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. No, it, it's very true because we, we, a lot of times as we, as much as we like to deny it, uh, we listen with our eyes a lot. Mm, it's like, like, like you just said, it's a sexy EQ. You wanted it because it looked sexy. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so much better. Now to play devil's advocate yes. with that though. Uh-oh. Um, Here it comes. Yeah. Well, sometimes... I think it's a fair thing to say that if you have a nice looking plugin that looks like maybe like a hardware unit, it inspires you to work more and it, it helps you work faster. Okay. Because, okay, so let's say, for example, in Logic, right? Uh -huh. Most, if not all, you can turn the GUI off and just have it be numbers and sliders. Yep. You can do that. You can do that with the UA stuff too. Right. How many people do you know that do that? None. None, right? None. <laughs> and what I, do you suppose that is? Because it's like we, we like to be inspired by what we look at. It's the same as like I could be really turned off by the appearance of the GUI of a DAW because I don't necessarily want to stare at that all day, you know, if it, if it has a certain look. Like it took me a minute to get used to um, when Logic went 10 from 9. Sure. It was like, no, what did you do? You turned it into GarageBand, you know? Um, it, curses, so, Apple, curses. Yeah. So it, it, um, those things do influence us. Um, but if we are disciplined enough to, you know, just kind of like close our eyes and actually listen to the mix that we're doing or what we're actually doing. And how many times have we done that before? Like you said, and you're trying to EQ a, you know, a compressor or EQ, you're, you're trying to EQ a snare or something like that. And you say, oh, it doesn't really say, oh, that sounds a little bit better. And then you realize it's actually bypassed, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hold um, my hand and don't yeah. look at the screen and tell me when I've done something. Right, yeah. You never get the hand squeeze. Uh, yep, so I can agree with that statement. Certainly, yeah. yep. That was a little left turn. But, but bottom line is that the, the sort of air quote here, digital EQs are absolutely fine. Yes. You, 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 so Because, I mean, one EQ that I don't have it, I haven't worked with, I think I might have done a trial at some point, but it's like um, the FabFilter mm -hmm. EQ. Like Lovely are, EQ. Yeah. And, and a fun just, interface too. Yeah, yeah. So, and it, you know, people swear by that because you got so much control over it, right? You can, you have all the precision. And there's a different one that, that uh, comes with the Slate Bundle now. It's called the Infinity EQ, which is uh, a similar sort of style, very, let's say, um, modern EQ where you got control over every parameter and this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's, Fantastic tool. So it all depends on why you would use one over the other. I think it's just what helps you work faster. And do you and do you really want to impart those qualities like an analog emulation w will impart on your sound? It, you know? Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, so to kind of push forward with this digital thing, since you just announced Fab Filter, yeah. Another one that I use a lot in the digital side of things where I'm not trying to impart vibe, uh -huh. I'm yeah. just trying to do EQ, uh, 
uh, yeah. the isotope EQs that come in uh, the ozone like the package. Ozone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those EQs are very, very nice. And yeah. I tend to use them quite a bit, especially when I'm working in Luna. Um, hmm. They just do a fantastic job. So I can't, yeah. can't complain about them. Love them. Use them cool. a lot. Yeah. 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 There's, you know, the, I like to say again and again, but it's like, it's an embarrassment of riches today that with all the plugins that are out there and all the tools that we have um, that, you know, there's so much good stuff out there. Right. So, you know, if, if somebody, what, what EQ should I get? Well, any, so, <laughs> what, so whatever you have, you know, let, let's kind of go kind of, because you asked me earlier kind of what my number one choice was on the emulation side. And then we kind of expanded it out to top five and then it may kind of became top six. <laughs> what is your sure. what is your number one digital EQ, and then what is your top five emulation? No, digital oh, EQ. Top five, digital top five EQ. digital EQ. Yeah, uh, the, the first one I go to is is the Logic EQ. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, that because it it I think a big part is too because I'm really comfortable with the workflow of using it. Uh -huh. And it, it's not like it changes drastically, but it's right there in my DAW. It's, it's you know, uh, it has a great visualizer and the bounce in there, you have a lot of control over everything. So yes. so that that's my first one. Okay. Um, I also like the, um, but I use this one a little bit more, not, not as often actually, uh, but it's the uh, EOSIS mm. EQ. Yes, Fabrice. Uh, yeah, Fabrice Gabriel. Um, that's another fantastic one. And again, it's like every control that you want and then 10 more, right? So it, it's um, a really, really, really nice EQ as well. Um, I haven't actually used the Infinity EQ that, that I own as much. And it's simply because... I, I hate to say it, but I have too much stuff, man. <laughs> uh, and it, but but it's um, you know when you're working on you mentioned before, but when you're working on on a project, sometimes you you have the luxury of okay, I'm gonna experiment. I'm gonna just to, just to, for no other reason than to change stuff up. You end up reaching for another EQ or, yeah. or something just just to kind of do something different. Um, but. I guess I'm kind of stuck in my way. So how many digital EQs did you want? You want five top 10 or? or five top 10? That'd be huge. No, uh, you already <laughs> my, named my top off about five. three. So three, you know, two um, more rounded out, I would think. What, what digital EQs? What do I? Um, I don't think I necessarily use any more. I stumped the chump. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I could rattle off names, but but the reality is that I don't really use them. I suppose, gotcha. uh, you know, um, no, it tends to be uh, with the logic and the um, EOSIS mm -hmm. e EQ. Okay. Uh, uh, those are pretty much it. When I go to that, and more often than not, if I'm reaching for something like that, it's the Logic EQ. It's it's really light on processing power. I can get it done quickly, whatever I want. Um, if you're asking me about on the emulation side. No, um, because we already did that. Well, okay. 
then I will mention it. So there. <laughs> so, so you have to guess. You have to yeah. just hit rewind if you want Chris's top five there. Um, I didn't give you my five. I gave you yours. Or no, you gave yours. Yeah. I did, but you uh, you rattled off a bunch that you used through Slate. So that's where I was counting that out. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> I, I like the sound of my own voice. What can I tell you? Yeah. Um, no, but. Um, uh, la, 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 uh, la, la, yeah. la, la, la. Anyway, so. <laughs> is that the nonsense segment? It is, the that's podcast. the nonsense of the of, of the episode right there. The yeah. I'm going to mention a couple of different things here, and one of them is borderline digital, not digital, kind of two feet in, like is also hardware, but there's an emulation of it, mm-hmm. and it's something I use quite a bit on vocals, and that okay. is the Mog EQ4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing has the most beautiful airband ever. It's mm-hmm. To me, it's a digital EQ, but it's not digital. It's actually based off of a hardware EQ, and they are made in Provo, Utah. They, they just – the hardware unit is really awesome. The software unit is just the same awesome. It's just really, really cool. And a lot of the people that I know that have it strictly use it for the air band. Yeah. Which is selectable from 2.5, 5, 10, 20, and 40 kilohertz. Yeah. And then you can boost it. And when you're boosting like 20K and you boost like 5 dB, it seems like that would be insane. But <laughs> the – smoothness that that EQ gives out is just incredible. And it's not so much a vibe thing as it is, it just really tackles the high end of a mix extremely well. And it really gives the vocal the ability to pop out without sounding harsh. Yeah. is And, and that's probably in terms of digital EQs, not necessarily my number one, but definitely a go-to. Yeah, no, I know you. Yeah, you speak highly of, of that. The, well, the I'm not EQ. the only one. There's a lot of people. That no, do. no, no. I know, but but we work closely together. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so um, you know my opinion on that one. I I do, and yeah. now everybody no, else does too. <laughs> right, and if they don't, they should. Um, but there there is a similar thing with the, the uh, EOSIS thing, and that's the airband there as well. Which, right, which, and it is. Yeah, sometimes I you can almost equate it as to. You're pulling a blanket off of a sound. It's like, oh, there it is. You know, so that that high end just get that nice kind of sparkle. It's very, very yes, easy sparkle. to overdo that, though. I think because it sounds so good. So you're like, oh, it's more and more and more is better. And then you, you come back the next <laughs> day. It's like, what the hell? You know, um, what the fuck yet, was I thinking, or what the hell was I hearing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- there's, you know, th- there's a lot of interesting things going on with us that, that you can when you're. I think something to bring up is like when you're emulating hardware, it it tends to be you're trying to recreate this sort of vintage vibe or something classic kind of thing that is there. But when you sort of leave that legacy alone and you're thinking – no, we're going to do something different just because we have the tools now. We're going to do something in a digital way that is going to enhance something else that was simply just not possible with the old gear. Mm-hmm. Um, it can open some doors to, to possibilities that uh, obviously w- was not there before. Sure. Um, so 
why should you use one or the other? Uh, well, kind of uh, there, there's more to go on here before we start jumping one okay. over the other kind of thing. Okay, uh, cool. I, I'm going to rattle off kind go of for a, a, a multiple use thing here of what I use digital side. So I've yeah. already mentioned the mug. And, and that one kind of skirts the line between digital and hardware and emulation and all that kind of stuff because it's such a clean EQ that it, it has more of a digital feel in that it doesn't impart vibe as the same in a way that an emulation normally would. That's why I, I kind of put the MOG in the digital realm, even though it is based off of a hardware box. Sure. So uh, I like you, uh, when I'm working in Logic, I'm using Logic EQ. Uh, and then if it's something that's like very, very much phase dependent, it's the linear EQ in Logic, mm -hmm. which is also a digital EQ. Ranked right alongside that is the same one that I mentioned that I use when I'm using Luna, and that's the Isotope Ozone 9 EQ. Uh, on occasion, I'll pull out a fab filter because, like I mentioned earlier, when you were talking about it, it has a fun interface, and it's also a very, very nice EQ. I've never worked with the Infinity EQ, so I can't put that on my list. However, yeah. there is another EQ, and it is more of an automatic EQ, and it is a digital EQ, and it's kind of funky. Mm -hmm. And that is the Golfoss EQ. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't that, worked with that either, but that looks interesting. I, well, I've got it, and I've used it on occasion. And it's it's quite something as to what it does. You kind of give it this range of like what you want the EQ to kind of sound like based on these it would feel like esoteric values. And then mm -hmm. you stick it on the track, you give it these little esoteric values, and all of a sudden, boom, it just makes that thing sound really good in real time. So and, is that... That's if I understand that correctly, and I may not, but but that that has some like AI type of functionality in the way that it analyzes stuff. Yes, and it's doing it in real time, so that it, yeah. it it's constantly EQing all the time as it's going. I guess sample by sample. I don't. I'm, I've not delved into the yeah. real deep nuts and bolts of how they're doing it, but it's it's kind of magical. And it was one of those things that I saw at NAM a few years back and it was like, damn, that's kind of cool. So I picked it up and I've used it on occasion because it does a really wonderful job of setting up a constant EQ that's always going on based so on the you, parameters of what you give it of like how bright you want it or how you know high or low it needs to be, that kind of thing. So it's, but it's not based around like a strict EQ interface that everybody would recognize. But it is a digital EQ, and it works in real time as it's going through the song. Boom. Do you use that on your two bus, or do you use no, that no, 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 on... individual EQs in uh, really? individual okay. tracks? I've never tried it on the on the two bus, and I'm sure it could work there, but I'm not sure it would be the greatest place to put it. But ah, you know, okay. it's something to try. I've just never done it. Okay. Yeah, that looks interesting. I saw that. I, I think I I listened to. Uh, a demo of it one time, and I remember thinking like, that that looks really, really interesting. What kind of sorcery is going on <laughs> under the hood <laughs> That's here? That's the best you know? way of putting it. What kind of magical sorcery are they using? Yeah. So yeah. So so the yeah. Golfoss it would make that list for me as well. Right. Yeah. No, that 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 escaped my mind, but that absolutely that's that that that's a good one to bring up as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, is that there used to be some waves, digital EQs, like the Renaissance and just their 
C, it's not the C6, but like the, the E6, I guess it is, or something like that. It's just the multi-band EQ that they have. Yeah. And uh, I kind of got away from using those, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I think it, it, for, I agree with that. I, I used to have, I had the, the Renaissance bundle at, at one point and um, it wasn't that it was bad. I think it was just my workflow changed a little bit when I had other options presented to me. Workflow that, change. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I know people are still swearing by them. They're using the ingrained in that. And if you like them and you use them, hey, you know. Like we've said before, it's just a matter of the tools that you have and how well you use them. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So now we can get into that. Why would you use one (laughs) over the other? Because now we've kind of shuffled through all the digital ones at this point. Uh, Well, I would say first is just... Again, what is your workflow like? Mm. It, it, what what do you know the best? I mean, what what kind of EQ would you do? The other part of that would be like, so you if do? you're- That sounds like a song right there. What kind of EQ would you do? What kind of EQ would you do? So, yeah. I'm never asking. do that. Don't <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> um, well, my first thing that the, you asked before, what what- ones do I like to use? Um, at this point, th- the Slate stuff is, is really embedded into my workflow. Mm-hmm. And so I can make those, I can get the results that I want fairly quickly. Um, what if they change the interface on you? Would you suddenly be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think so. Because I mean, with an EQ, it's like, how how much can you change that? You know, it's like, ooh, the knob is brown now. It's like, all right. Oh, I'm What if they took all the knobs away and it was just numbers and it was no longer sexy? You know, that's a good point. That that is a really, really good point because that would impart that would affect the workflow in the way that Yeah, because you'd have to well, if you've been using for it and now they changed everything, it would change the workflow because now you have to think about it. So if I have to think too much when I'm sitting down and doing it. Yeah, that, that that probably would change. Oh, no, don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, d- don't say the line. You know the line. <laughs> I know the line. <laughs> don't don't think, Axel. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think that that's But it the sounds like you're, you're going more for your emulations over your digital things. So th- what's the reason of, like, using that over the digital ones? I, I think it was... Um, I just liked what they imparted. Mm, like okay. I, I've, I've found that, okay, well, I, I know where I can get my results quicker. And um, it, it just became, and w- one big selling point that I didn't think it would be at first, because it got, it took me a while to get used to it. But the, uh, when I first started using the Slate stuff, where it's, everything is just in essentially one plug-in window, right? It's kind of got the 500 rack type of a look. right? And uh, that was a bit of a gear change first because I was used to opening one plug-in and that's my EQ and I open another one in the chain and that's the compressor and so on, right? Mm -hmm. But now you have everything in front of you in in one window. So that has affected it as well where it's like, okay, well, I need to adjust the the compressor here a little bit and and now I'm going to adjust the EQ or, or whatever happens to be, it's all in one chain. It's all in one window. So that has also gotten a little bit faster. And I, I 
it took me a minute to kind of get used to that workflow or mm-hmm. just mentally to kind of get into that. So I think that is a big part of it as well where um, I can pull in, just like you have with your UA stuff, you have presets in that 500 window. So you can, you know, I open it up and boom, I hit a button and that's my master bus setup that I like to use. And then I can start tweaking that. And I have the same thing for different channels, whatever I like to do. You know, here's my my kick or here's my snare or guitar bus or whatever happens to be. So it's just like, it's one or two clicks away and you, you're right there and that's a good starting point. Yeehaw. Yeah, so I think that that was a big thing for me, but I still like, uh, and, and sometimes I actually like to, to sort of challenge myself and, and say that this makes, I'm just gonna use Logic Stock plugins, you know? And that turns out to be a lie most of the case <laughs> because then I really, well, you my, my drums are- on this podcast yeah, right there. Yeah, but at least I admitted to it. So it's like, um, because I don't use, you know, really the guitar, amp emulations and logic. I don't use the drummer uh, more often than not. So there's always some third party stuff going on in there. Sure. Uh, but again, that's just because I, I know those pieces and I know that's what I want and that's just faster. But when it comes to EQs and the compression and, and reverbs and stuff like that. But we're yeah, only can... talking EQs right now. Stay on point, sir. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a little excited. Um, no, I, I I could definitely do that with just using the Logic EQ. That wouldn't be a problem. It just I have the choice and I don't have to. But but was I if I was forced to? Yeah, absolutely. That that's not not an issue. Gotcha. What about you? Well, uh, there are points where I use the emulation EQs, mm-hmm. and then there are points where I use the digital EQs. Yeah, and they each have their uses. So generally speaking, I will track more often using the emulation EQs. Uh-huh. To impart, quote unquote, the vibe right. into the recording, along with getting a little bit of general EQing to make sure that the sound is as close as possible as it needs to be. Yeah. In the mix phase of doing things, I will sometimes use the emulations and I will sometimes use the digital EQs. And that has more to do with, is there a problem that needs to be solved that happened in the tracking mm-hmm. or is it something I just want to continue imparting some kind of weird juju that the emulation is supposedly putting in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it really becomes in the mix phase more sonic and program dependent upon whether I'm using the emulation or the digital EQ. But when I'm tracking, it's like 99.99%. It's very, very rare that I'm going to use a digital EQ when tracking. It's always yes. going to be an emulation when tracking. So yeah. that that's where I would kind of put that. And it's not that I'm using one over the other. It's just that the emulations are usually geared for more general sonicness. When you need mm-hmm. surgical precision, that's where the digital EQs are really going to shine more often than not. Yeah. So that's absolutely that's where i'll that. make that dis- distinction between where i would use one over the other is is in that case in that kind of caseload yeah so I, no I'd, i absolutely agree with that where there's you know problem solving surgical cutting that kind of stuff digital kind of things if you're if you have a signal that you just want to sweeten a little bit or a lot then yep. you know it, the the uh 
hardware emulation can really, really shine there. But of course. All right. So what's going to be our Tuesday tip for all of this kind of stuff? What are you planning? I am planning on showing um, a trick that I learned from a good friend of mine. If you're listening to these emulations and you have a hard time hearing what they're actually imparting, I'm going to show a trick where you can isolate that so you can learn your gear a little bit better. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, and it's a cool, it's a simple trick, but you'll have to wait till Tuesday to hear it. (laughs) You hear that? Tuesday, and that's on YouTube, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Or go to our website. Yes, and you can go on the website and it will be posted there as well. And then you don't have to go to YouTube and you can just watch it at the website, which is inside the recordingstudio.com, just in case you don't know. Yeah. And with that, that kind of wrapped up the EQ portion of things. We're going to delve into our Friday finds. And we always kick it off with Chris. So, Chris, what did you find this week? I found something that you have found in the past. Uh-oh. Um, Soothe. So, Soothe 2. Oh, it's like a rediscovery. Did you did you not mention Soothe last week? No. You didn't? I don't think so. No. Okay. Uh, what did I mention last week? I don't recall. I don't recall. It yeah, kind of seems like it might have been Soothe, but I don't no, know. No, no, I, I, I haven't mentioned Soothe. Um, but I had a... Um, a project this week where I was doing a mix and there was a, um, it was a guitar heavy mix so that there was this sort of shreddy guitar playing going on. And shreddy. Yeah. And this was one of those cases where I got the, uh, the files and the audio was printed. There was no DI that I got. So that, that was mm. in most of the, it, it was fine, but it was one track where I found there was like some harshness in in the in the tone and normally i would you know go out i'm just gonna try to find that and eq it out but um i thought no you know what i'm gonna try to throw <laughs> soothe, on soothe it. it out damn it <laughs> yeah and i did i mean i i quite literally just inserted the plug-in adjusted a couple of parameters and that took care of it right there so i was like oh my god this is Amazing. And that, that was one of the first times where I've, I've got to use that in there. So for the guys nice. from Oak Sound, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, soon well, too. I, I've, we've, if you're reading the usages of the gear that we use to create this podcast, you'd know that Soothe is being used yeah. on this podcast. So what you're right. hearing is also a result of using Soothe. Two. Right. Soothe 2. Uh, I guess you got to make that distinction because there was a Soothe 1 and now there is Soothe 2. Soothe 2, Both yeah, of them two. are by OX Sound. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. So that would have to be my pick uh, or my find for this week. This, there this you Friday. go. So what about so you? Soothe what, what? 2 helps save a guitar track for you. That's awesome. And I would say the mix as well. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Threw it on, boom, done. Yeah. Fantastic. What about you, Jody? What do you got me, for us? Me, 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 me. I am looking at additional tape functionality plugins in a sense. Of course you are. Yes, yeah. because, you know, <laughs> you can never have too much tape. Although 
I'm speaking metaphorically, of course, because I'm trying to get rid of all the tape in my life and find ways of recycling and getting rid of the old ones that I have. Um, but I did find a new tape plugin this week by a company called Fuse Audio Labs. They have a tape plugin called Flywheel, and that emulates a reel-to-reel -reel tape machine and gives you the control over various functionalities of it, like the IPS and, and the type of biasing that you're doing on the tape. And I believe it also does the tape formulations too. So you can mess around with it for a free trial for 14 days, I believe the free trial goes. And cool. the plugin in and of itself for the time being is at $29. And I think that's an introductory Ooh. offer because I think it just came out. Um, nice. So yeah, you can't beat it. You can try it and it will help when you need Tape saturation of sorts. Very cool. I can't, yeah. I mean, I, there's nothing bad I can say about it. Playing around with it, it was actually quite fun to mess around with. So it was just But like, yeah, I mean, I love it when, when when they have, even for a cheap plugin like that, when they do a trial. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome, you know. Well, there goes um, my $29. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> right out my pocket and into my computer. So right. the Fuse Audio Labs flywheel is the pick of Friday find of me. Jody. Very cool. Very yes. cool. So, All right. So I think yeah, we have so, a new point that we want to bring up because we're at the end of this episode. So Right. So if, if you throw out the word flywheel, let's make it flywheel this week. Let's make it flywheel this week. And you email that to goldstar at insidetherecordingstudio.com. We'll send you a gold star. Because <laughs> you've made simple it this as far. Just as simple as that. It, flywheel You made it to week's. the end of the show and you deserve a gold star for that. So thank you. That's right. So, and now while we still have you here and we've got your attention, we would like to ask you to go to insidetherecordingstudio.com. Uh, you can sign up for our email list. You'll get weekly reminders about the tips that we're coming out on uh, Tuesday tips. And, and we'll make sure that you also don't miss any future episodes as well. Because uh, we, you know, we like to send you emails and keep you informed of what we've got going on. And we can also tell you about things we've done in the past that you may not be aware of. And you can go find them a lot easier. All with email. It's pretty cool how that works. Plus, if you have a topic suggestion for Chris and I to start blabbering on about, you can send that to us via email as well, and we will consider it for a future episode of Inside the Recording Studio. And with that, I'm going to say sayonara. See you later, Jody. Let's put have a bow a on one. it. And right. everybody out there and inside the recording studio land, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And if you come to our website on Tuesdays, Tuesday Tips, just like that.